This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. Hello, this is Damon, and I am going to talk to you about playing the wrong game in business. Or at least, actually, I'm going to talk to you about why... What I'm going to talk to you about is me playing the wrong game in business. Now, one of the things to realize is that there's many, many different ways to grow a business. There's also many different types of businesses you can run. I'm going to give you an experience. Actually, I'm going to share with you where I had most of my business experiences. I've run a number of different businesses that were all profitable. And they shared one thing in common. The one thing that they shared in common is that they were services-based business. Services-based businesses are great businesses from a couple regards. They tend to have a very high profit margin, especially if the business owner is the only owner, especially if the business owner is the only one working in the business. So let me tell you um, about the most recent business that I had, and I'm still making money from this business. I started a accounting business back in 2008. The reason I started that business was because I knew how to do accounting. I'd been an employee for a number of accounting firms and and I also worked in as an accountant for uh, an engineering company. So I knew the time for money business very well because that's where I made my bones. Now, let me tell you about the time for money business. The reason why I call it a time for money business, which I'll now rephrase as a time for money business model, is essentially what happens is a person trades their time for their money. And this happens in so many different businesses. In the professional services businesses, you go to work with an attorney They're going to tell you what their billable hour is, and then they're going to work according to the billable hours. Now, some of the challenges with a time for money business is you are capped on the amount of hours that you have in a given year. So, for example, most people who are full-time employees work about 2,000 hours I believe the labor department says that if you take a full-time if you take a full-time employee, they're going to work 2,080 hours in a year. Uh, however, most people have some vacation time. They also get some holiday time. I recognize not all full-time employees get vacation time, but we're just going to round that number down to 2,000 hours. So in 2,000 hours, that's roughly 40 hours times 50 weeks in a year, that is 2,000 hours. 
Now, if you do some simple math, someone charges 100 bucks an hour times 2,000 hours, then you're going to get about $200,000 that could be potentially generated by that employee. However, what happens a lot of times in professional services businesses is not all time is billable. Or if you're working with a high-powered firm, professional services firms, the top producing attorneys will tend to work more than 2,000 hours in a year. I know there was times when I worked 2,800, 3,000 hours in a year, which just can drive someone really rugged. Uh, 60, 70, 80, 100 hours a, a week is not uncommon in that scenario. So the biggest drawback I find from a time for money business is there is no correlation between the value that a, a practitioner gives a business and the price associated with that value. Now let's look at a iPhone. iPhone is one of the more popular smartphones out there. And when you look at the time it actually takes to manufacture that iPhone, it's less than a minute. And then when you throw in all the components and the materials for that for that uh, iPhone, you've got maybe $25 of time and material associated with that business. Then you factor in overhead related to that smartphone. We'll double that. Well, we're actually double that and say it costs about 50 bucks in overhead and now we're at 75 dollars of captured cost for the iphone last time i looked i think the current price for an iphone is 700 bucks you factor in there's there you got a lot of price uh you got a high price low cost a lot of profit margin and why are people willing to pay 700 bucks or more for an iPhone? Because that iPhone is more valuable than, uh, than simply 25 bucks. And so Apple has done a really good job of making a really cool interface. Some people who don't like iPhones will argue otherwise. Uh, they also make it simple and easy to work. And so, they build in all these extra features and benefits for the phone that increase the value and consequently the price that Apple is able to charge for that phone. So compare that and contrast that with what most professional service providers provide out there. So most professional providers out there just say, hey, this is my cost. I'm going to charge you for shipping and all this other stuff. And then you'll be in a situation where this is a bill based on how much time I spent. So the time has no bearing on the value that that client provided. I'll give you an example from uh, my own example or from my own world. When I first started uh, providing profit first services, I was able to determine that if someone worked with me and, they, and we were able to get profit first implemented in their business, they should be able to see a 9% increase in their overall profitability in the business. So if you take that out and a business is doing a million dollars in revenue, 
in 12 months, their business should be producing $90,000 more in cash that's going to be in their bank account as a result of implementing Profit First. Now, if I, if I priced my service based on a time and materials situation, then maybe I'm going to charge them $2,500 to do all the work that's associated with getting them up and running. However, if I price that based on a value model, I could charge $25,000 for that service. And in that situation, I, as their profit first professional, would be benefiting because part of what they're buying is my knowledge and also not making the mistakes of doing it themselves. And so my revenue goes up tremendously. In fact, I 10x the price that I was able to get for that. And consequently, the business owner also does better. They are getting a three times return on their investment. So a 300% return, actually more than a 300% return on an investment. So let's look at it this way. If you could go to the bank and give the, give the bank $1,000, at the end of the year, they give you $3,000. Did you get a good deal? And what if it only took the bank $100 in cost to be able to triple the return on investment that that business received? The bank did well. The business owner did well. Everyone did well. And so part of, as I've grown as a business owner, what I've realized is that I was stuck in the time for money trap. The time for money trap limited my business and my growth to the amount of hours that I could produce or effectively work for a, a company. And... I was in a situation where if I wanted to only work 1,500 hours in a year and I charged 200 bucks an hour, then actually, let me go and rephrase it. Let's say I was working 2,000 hours in a year and I was charging 200 bucks per hour. So that gives me a potential to earn $400,000. What happens if I say I want to take more vacation time? Let's say I only want to work half the time. I only want to work a thousand hours. If I'm on a time and billing model or a time for money trap, I just cut my, my potential earnings in half. And then the only way that I can grow my business is raising my hourly rate and, or I can add more staff, which as you add people to your company, you're going to have a certain amount of headaches, but you're also going to be able to leverage yourself. So in that instance, let's say I spend someone, I, I pay someone $50 an hour, I charge $200 for their work, I'm going to be making 150 bucks every time that person produces an hour of work. And so there's, there's a profit that I'm making there. Now, one of the things I noticed as I was getting to know other people in my industry, I used to go to a conference twice a year with very successful accountants. And we, I had the opportunity to interact with firms that were making million dollars a year, two, three. I think the top 
business I, I got to know there was making about $10 million a year. A lot of money. However, one of the things I, I observed was there was company there were companies that were making about two million dollars a year, and the business owner was only able to keep about two hundred thousand dollars. I recognized that there was a different way to grow a business, and I had had some stumblings with hiring accountants. One of the things I realized is that uh, I didn't really want to have accountants working for me. And I I figured out different ways to make money. So I think my top earnings year when I was at a full-time accounting practice or CPA firm was $325,000 a year. And I had gotten so efficient and effective at working that business that I only spent 25% of my revenues on expenses, going to vendors and all this other stuff. So I, as a business owner, kept 75% of my revenues. Compare that to this $2 million firm that was doing, the business owner is only keeping 10% of their revenues. We were both pocketing about $200,000 a year. Let me ask you a question. If you had the chance to have a business that generated $2 million a year and you only kept 10% of revenues or you had a business that generated $300,000 a year and you still kept $200,000 of revenue, which business model seems like a better fit? Well, that's a trick question. The answer depends on... uh, what kind of business you're growing. So it's quite possible but that the business owner that was had the $2 million business, he's making $200,000 and he's not working one bit in his business. Whereas my situation where I was making $325 a year, I was the only one working in the business. So if I stopped working, my business didn't make any money. So there's pros and cons both ways, but when I was looking at the growth potential and the work that I needed to grow an accounting practice to $2 million in revenue, there wasn't compelling enough money that I would keep to make it worthwhile for me to grow that business. Because one of the things that happens as you grow a business, you're going to grow to a certain capacity based on the the people that you have working for you. And then you're going to have to make investments in that business. You're going to have to hire new people. You're going to have to get all sorts of different things in place and investments and structures in place in order to grow to the next level. And when I looked at the scalability of that traditional accounting firm, it just wasn't, uh, I just didn't see that I wanted to do that. So what I did is I said, okay, I'm making 325 a year. I'm keeping 200 grand of it or more. I don't see any reason to to live any differently. I was maxing out my retirement. I was making a healthy six-figure salary. uh, And I was going on vacation uh, once a month with my family. So I had a great life. And that's what I call my ideal money life. I was making as much money as I wanted to make based on the amount that I wanted to work. And then 
I became aware of a different way of doing business. And that's the online business model. With the online business model, I had the opportunity to productize my knowledge through a various different means. One being my knowledge, so I could do group coaching, which allowed me to leverage my time. I could create online courses. I could create books. I could create tools. And it opened up the way that I could generate income to a lot more different things. And then once I figured out how the the courses and books and tools and all this other stuff that people wanted to buy, then it was just a matter of manufacturing those new items. And that put me in a situation where now things were different. I was creating assets that I could sell. And so that's a big strategic game that I see to realize that the game of time for money was very limiting. And I moved into a position where now I'm building an online business that I can scale and I can bring on different team members to build that business. So that could be writers, that could be uh, graphic designers, some IT people. I could either hire them in-house or I could contract that work out. It really allowed me to have a lot more flexibility in the type of business I grew the revenue model that I grew, I was now in a situation where I could diversify how I made money. And I will tell you, when I look at the ability to earn income from one model of just doing work and billing for that time versus having a number of different products and avenues, multiple methods of earning income. When I looked at that and I determine which business I wanted to grow over the next 20 years, having a business that I could scale that wasn't dependent on me working every single hour to earn every single dollar, that was very appetizing to me. And it made a lot more sense because I knew that in 20 years from now, I was going to have one of two situations. One, I could be continue on on my path of being comfortable, or I could grow a business that's scalable that really had the ability to grow a lot more business and income. So that's the time and money trap that I looked at and I decided that there was a better way to do business. And so this journey that I'm going through with Ideal Money Life is my journey of how I'm going from zero to a scalable business that I can grow to multi-million dollars a year. So I'm excited to share this journey with you and I will tell you further how it's going. That does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply 
anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.